Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast, number one for sport in West Cork. Close your eyes and pull like down. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarthy. On this week's show we're going to be looking ahead to the 2020 season and focusing on what's to come for the Cork footballers. In a few minutes we'll hear from Castlehaven's Brian Hurley who was speaking recently at the launch of UPMC as official healthcare partner of the GAA and the GPA. We're also going to chat the Cork GAA PRO, Joe Blake, who's in the studio this week for a wide-ranging chat, covering everything a Cork GAA fan needs to know ahead of the 2020 season. Before that, though, we ran a competition last week which involved giving away free books, and the winner of Kieran's book, There's Something in the Water, is Connor Cotter from McCroom. Christmas has come early for Connor Cotter. Yeah, so congratulations to you, Connor. That's in the post. Hopefully you'll have it in time for Christmas and you can use it as a gift to give to someone else. <laughs> I'm only joking. <laughs> you'll really love it, Connor. I hope you enjoy it. We've got a few more books still to give away. Uh, and so we're going to tell you how you can win those now. All you have to do is email sport at southernstar.ie with the book you want and your address. So that's sport at southernstar.ie the book you want and your address and we've got three books left they are behind the lines which is the best of the year's sports writing from the 42.ie so there's some great stories in there there's a sports file book whose name escapes me but it's a book chronicling irish soccer irish soccer over the last number of decades so this is a real collector's item it's one that will sit on your bookcase beautiful, for beautiful pictures beautiful yeah kind of going back over the years some some of the iconic moments of irish soccer so um Really good book, so kind of it's the one I'd like to get my hands on myself. Yeah, so. it's 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 top quality. Now that would make a beautiful gift to give to someone. I was joking about something in the water because I know Connor will really enjoy reading that myself. But this sports <laughs> file book, if someone gifted this to me, I'd be thrilled. So we're giving yeah. that one for free as well. There's also the Dublin City Marathon book, and again, with a lot of runners here in West Cork, a lot of people involved in athletics and might make the ideal Christmas present for someone, even someone who ran the, the Dublin City Marathon mm-hmm. this year. Kind of, um, it chronicles the 40 years of the Dublin City Marathon um, by Sean McGoldrick gave a shortlisted for the Irish Sports Book of the Year. So again, a super present. And like Jack said, all you have to do is email sport at southernstar.ie. Tell us the book you want and hopefully we'll pull your name out. It is that easy. Yeah, and just one more then before we hear from Brian Hurley. The Bowl Common Book, which marks 50 years of the International Bowl Playing association so that's a book that was um, designed by the team here at the Southern Star and uh, it's just a, a great book if you're interested in road bowling or want to learn some more about road bowling this is uh, another another collector's we're giving item. them away like, this is, yeah, kind of, we could be dressed here in two Santa suits at this stage you yeah, know, we probably of. should be you know, to get in the spirit maybe next week we'll see but uh, yeah so they're the four books we have Behind the Lines the Sports File book on Irish soccer, the Dublin City Marathon book by Sean McGoldrick and the Bowl Common book, which chronicles 50 years of the Irish International Bowl Playing Association or something to that effect. I'm not sure if that's the exact title, but as Kieran mentioned, sport at southernstar.ie. Is that the email address? That's the one, yeah. It's that easy. And your name, your address and which book you would like. So there's four remaining, the first four to get in touch will win the book. But anyway, that's enough of us being generous Santa Claus-esque figures. We're going to hear now from Castlehaven's Brian Hurley, who spoke at the recent launch of UPMC as official healthcare partner of the GAA and the GPA. You're looking back on the season just gone. Was it great personally for you just to get through it a full season without any serious injuries? Yeah, um, you know, I suppose I kind of, I always hoped I get it back to the, this level, and uh, I suppose the league didn't go to my, the way I planned it to go. Um, but, you know, luckily the medical team got me in the right shape and got me back in for a championship. And, um, yeah, look, I was very, very happy with it um, overall. You know, uh, at one point I didn't think I'd see that day. And, look, I just take it every week by week now and see how the body is and try push it to the max. And uh, looking back over the last few months, I suppose I'm very, very happy. But I still think there's more more to go. And, I suppose just to put in the hard work in in the winter now and hopefully bring it out in 2020. 
so so what is the what's the current state of play i suppose with injuries and uh the the, the kind of the management you have to do with that yeah um I suppose without hiding it, there's a lot of work, a lot of work being done, and have to be done before you know you go out in the field. Um, I suppose basically, like you know, it feels good and all that, but it's, it just keeps a lot of gym work. I have to keep them top for a lot because if I don't keep the muscle, you know, strength up, the tendon comes under pressure. So I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I understand that part of it. And uh, yeah, so I do a lot of work and strength work, but then it's to. The hardest part of my game is to to really hit the hamstring and then to know how much recovery to get myself to go again and where to pull back. That's the hardest part of it, I suppose. So basically, um, gym is number one for me. Um, and then obviously number two is recovery. And then performance-wise, like, you know, I don't think I can perform without doing the gym and the recovery. So I just take it in in, in strides, really. Um, and, you know, I have a very, very good, strong medical team as you probably know, because I don't think I'll be back at this level otherwise. Um, Aidan, Brian, Colin, you know, the, the Dr. Khan, they're all very good. And, you know, they know when to hold you back as well and, and when to release you. So, yeah, look, there's a lot of work being put in, but look, I think it's worth it. And look, uh, hopefully, as I said, there's a bit more to give in the, in the next in the next year or so. And does Ronan McCarthy, he obviously has to be very aware of this now. I'm assuming he has to be fairly facilitating me as well because you must have spent a lot of time away from the football field when other lads are out training. You must be in gyms and all sorts of other things. Yeah, um, in fairness to, to, to Ronan and his management team, they're actually pretty good in that area. Like, you know, um, they, they give me 100% trust and to call it my own way. So if they think, if I think I have enough, which I feel very hard to put my hand and say, I'm pulling out of this, like, you know... Um, he gives me full authority in that, like, you know, but it's just, you know, when it's very hard to balance, you know, when you have, when you're at your max or if there's slightly more in you without doing any damage, if you know what I mean, especially, you know, coming up to this time of the year, you're pushing your body very hard because um, it's winter training, you're trying to get the max in the gym and push yourself in the pitch so you'll perform in, you know, a league and for championship. But, uh, yeah, <clears throat> be honest with you, they've been brilliant to me. They've... Um, you know, it gave me, it's, it's all in my own hands and not too many fellas would trust their players that much. So, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for them, to be honest. So, <clears throat> you were looking forward to a, a season ahead for Cork and in one way, it, it, 2019 finished really positively for the Rebels. You, you, you did well, you got to the Super 8s and so on, but you're also now looking at potentially being in a battle to avoid being in Tier 2 Championship next year. How are you looking at that? Yeah, look... Um, Look, being honest, look the situation it is like you know. I think we without it's, it's it sounds a lot easier than it's going to be, but we kind of have to get out of um, Division Three, like you know. Uh, and the way I suppose we look at it, look um, is basically we're going to have to take it game by game, like you know. I think awfully we've up first, which you know people will say, ah, oh, that's a handy one for Cork. I, I don't see it that way, like you know. Um, <laughs> you see with the weather outside, pitches can be waterlogged, sticky football. Um, you know, all conditions can go against you, and like for Offaly, they're gonna, you know, loving it. Like you know what I mean? They're gonna loving having a chop off us, and and like every other team. So I think we have to be very focused on each game. Um, obviously, as I said, like you know, just just focus on game by game, and and hopefully pick up points as we go along. But I think it's a crucial league campaign for us. Like you know, um, and I think one we have to be, you know, fit and ready to go for. It would be. Hard, I'd imagine, for a group of players who've played in big games in Crow Park this year, essentially all Ireland quarterfinals, to potentially be looking at being in a Tier 2 Championship next year. Yeah, look, um, if I was being brutally honest, like I think, you know, you have whatever, the six six games or whatever is in the league, and if you don't come out on top after playing all of them games or don't get the opportunity to, to go up and get into Tier 1, uh, you, you you possibly deserve to be in Tier 2, like, you know, so I think it's in our own hands. Um uh, we we won't do pressure, you know what I mean. Um, there's a lot of worse worse things out there in life than worrying about tier one or two football. But look, football is there to be enjoyed. Uh, we're going to look forward to the first game. It's, I, I'll be honest with you, like you know, last year, uh, 2018 didn't go for me. 19, there was a big progress. I can't wait for 2020. And you know, whether it's Offaly, Dublin, Leash or Kerry in my first game, I'm going to be I'm going to be ready for it. And just looking forward to it, to be honest with you. You know, get back out there and. Enjoy your football. Just one last question. We're here today in Crow Park at the launch of the new partnership between the GA and GPA and UPMC as their official healthcare partner. 
as a player and a, a fella who's unfortunately had to spend a lot of time in treatment centres of various types, it's important for this sort of thing uh, to happen from from a player's uh, welfare perspective. It, it is massive, like, and I'm not just saying it because I'm up here today. Um, like, you know, I think it's only people that have probably been in the same situation myself who's been on the sidelines for, from from a major injury rely so important these things are. Um, like, you know, I, I, I unfortunately had two injuries and I kind of learnt off my first one, but. I think the more awareness and the more knowledge out there on the medical side of things, and especially partnering up with the GPA and, and, G, and GA, um, it'll make players' lives a lot easier. Especially like you know, if something if something did happen to them or if they got a bad injury, um, the more knowledge and you know the more professional advice out there is better for us to get them back playing to where you want to be, and especially out there in Croker or whatnot. Um, like you know, sitting on the sidelines um, and not having you know any advice or people to bounce things off is the worst thing ever. And I found that the first time, my first time around, I didn't have the knowledge, or I didn't probably I blame myself in a way. I didn't do much, as much research as I did the second time. Um, I found the right guy that did the surgery, and you know I think days like today and the partnerships is is very positive for players. You know who push their bodies, you know week in week out um, to the max and. You know, God forbid something did go wrong, that the knowledge and the cover and the support is there for us, which I think is only a massive positive and hopefully it can only get, get better and better going forward. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to all things sport in West Cork. Don't forget to pick up this Thursday Southern Star newspaper, including our award-winning sports section with everything a West Cork sports fan could want. In shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world via www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper. The Southern Star and the Star Sport Podcast, number one for sport in West Cork. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. Now, in just a couple of moments, we're going to hear from Cork GAA PRO, Joe Blake, who was in studio earlier. Kieran, you spoke to him. How is Joe keeping? Keeping well, yeah. He's first year down as Cork GAA PRO, so it was a, a timely time to catch up with him just to see how the last 12 months have gone. I suppose um, there's been lots of highs and lows over his, his first year as a PRO, kind of on the pitch, Cork won. All Ireland minor under, under twenty football titles, which were huge highs, and Joe was there to kind of celebrate in those occasions. And in the lows, obviously with the, the difficulties with the Parky Cueve pitch, um, the finan- the financial difficulties that have come to light, or the, and that were aired in the county convention that was on on Sunday. So yeah, Joe pop boy, um, but just great to catch up with him. He's from uh, an Edgewood man, kind of cut his teeth with Edgewood GA Club first in the Bear Board, and now he's moved up to the Cork County Board. So um. This is what he had to say. It's been a big year for you, Joe. Um, you turned 40 in September. Um, your first year as Cork PRO. But my opening question to you is, why get involved with as PRO of the Cork County Board in the first place? What attracted you to that job? Well, I suppose I'd been secretary of my club for about four years. I'd done three years and then I took a break for a year and was back again in 2016. And I'd also been, after that, I became a county board delegate and also too as well I'd been um, PRO with Beara so in Cork your term is three years so the PRO um, position came up last year and um, thought about it for a couple of weeks and I suppose last September I declared my candidacy and uh, for about three months a lot of canvassing I think it was about ten weeks four nights a week is that something you do every year making phone calls making phone calls and but again I had a great team behind me I'd have to mention my brother Brian um, and many other people who canvassed for me made the phone calls friends of friends friends of relations relations of friends so yeah last it was actually um, convention last year it was a week later so it was I think around uh, the 15th of December got a phone call to count Tracy rang me at, I think it was like half one, two o'clock to say I was elected. So, um, yeah, that basically, that was the whole process and um, a year done and dusted. The first year slowing by, but before you even look closer at, at the year that's gone by, I'm always interested in be- the person behind the title. Um, people will know you as Joe, Joseph Blake, Joey Blake, the Edrigold, uh, involved in Edrigold, Bearer Board and now the Cork PRO. But just a bit about yourself first, like you've mentioned, from Edrigal, um, 
think you're six in your family was there yeah i'm i'm the baby i'm six um sixth in the family you were spoiled so were you oh, i don't know about that probably yeah uh, um i have four four older brothers and an older sister and they all played ga and uh, a couple of the brothers now would have been very good they would have been on bear teams that mm-hmm. won um county titles um brian would have been i think he's got a he's got an under 14 title and uh, he was actually a sub on the bear senior team in 97 mm-hmm. so um he was somehow he was on the sideline causing trouble and he wasn't even playing like, <laughs> and uh, my brother John would have been um, on the Bear minor team that actually won the minor county for the first Bear, first Bear team that Kieran O'Sullivan, Ali Rule, um, Patrick George Murphy, uh, the Murphys from Garnish, they all would have been on that team in 1988. They actually beat Skibbon, the country section, and they beat the Bears in the final and uh, in 1988 as a result Ali Roo was captain of the Cork mm-hmm. Miners in 89 so um, I suppose that's where my love of the GA came from I'm very proud of work, like I'm a very proud Adjigal person very proud Bear person and a Cork man and I suppose my love of the GA came from I suppose we used to go to matches on a Sunday back then mid late 80s there was no games really on television except your All-Iron final mm-hmm. your All-Iron semi-finals so Sundays was a case of hopping into the car with my father and going off to matches. And look, I never played GA. And um, unfortunately, I had a, a number of operations on my legs when I was, was actually, I remember watching the 1989 Iron Final above in St. Mary's Orthopaedic Hospital after an operation. I was only just turned 10. I had, a, it was, I had the operation two days after my 10th birthday and watching the 89 Iron Final. And... Um, it was, I was actually, it was ironic actually. Then this year, I was above with a couple of those lads like some Mark McGuire, Larry uh, Tompkins, Niall Callan, John Cleary. I was sitting down with them this year, 25, watched them um, for their 25th anniversary yes. winning the county, and there I am talking to them. And yeah. there I am sitting down having dinner with Larry Tompkins. And you know, like, so I never got to play. Mm-hmm. And I suppose I was always kind of interested, but never really involved in GA. Back in 2011, I had a back operation, so I was laid low for a while, and I went down to the DAGM, probably out of boredom, probably out to see what the crack that was. That was the Adjigold AGM. Adjigold AGM 2011, and like a lot of things, a bit like the couldn't get the referee, and they say to mm-hmm. a there's a whistle, you try it, and they couldn't get a secretary, mm-hmm. and some fella said, Jesus you've organised a few school reunions there, you're good at organising things, yeah. <laughs> will, you, will you Will you? have a go at it? And I went in and uh, did club secretary, it was 2012, 2013, 2014, again, it was very hard because I went back working, I was out. Of, I took a break for a couple of months and uh, back up to Cork and it was very hard doing, trying to do a club secretary in Adrigo but based in Cork and our treasurer, Susan, brilliant treasurer, was, um, she was, She's not based in Atchgold, she's based in Dublin. Mm-hmm. And at the time, for three years, uh, our chairperson, Fergus Carey, was teaching and um, teaching in Minute and living in Dublin. So you had the secretary, <laughs> the, the secretary was in Cork, the chairperson was in living in Dublin, teaching Kildare, and uh, the treasurer was in Dublin. So trying to organise, trying to organise meetings was good crack, but... Um, yeah, I stepped out in 2015, came back in 2016, but it was just really hard going, trying to do secretary and being Cork. So look, um, the opportunity came up to do become county board delegate. I was above, um, I did that for a couple of years, and also the opportunity came up to do um, bear a board PRO, and I was lucky to come in with such a great team with like Jim Hanley. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shirley Murphy, Kieran, Ashling, all these, uh, James Shea, uh, Michael Joe, just to name a few people, Sinead Whelan. So I was there, and then again, the opportunity came up to go for PRO. And I suppose it was a natural progression to go from club to division to county board delegate and to go to a county board officer. You've kind of served your apprenticeship, then you could say, first at Adrigo, Limit Bearer, and you obviously have a, have a graph for the administrative side of the GEA. But did that all prepare you for your first year as Cork PRO? Because all of a sudden you were in the big time with the greatest respect to the Bear Board and Adrigal. You were in the big time, like uh, 
like Piro of the Cork County Board is one of the, the I suppose the busiest Piro jobs in the GA, if not the busiest Piro job. There's so much going on at Jewel County, lock on and off the pitch. Um did you feel that you were well prepared for the for the role you took on? Like you said, almost twelve months ago now? In a word, no. <laughs> you couldn't prepare yourself. I remember um that uh, the night of the count was the Friday and that Friday um, the Peter McKenna interview came out in the Irish Examiner oh, yeah. and I was sitting above I was actually at a funeral in Dublin and uh, we went up to Dublin and it was actually um, a lovely man from Kerry his name was John Lean he was married to my aunt and I was sitting above outside uh, quarter past ten or quarter past eight in the morning above and the funeral was at ten o'clock and we were outside Harris Cross Church and my phone lit up messages coming in left right centre about basically people sending me on the, the interview with the Irish Examiner and um, I was wondering people were saying to me is it too late to pull out your name <laughs> what <laughs> and next thing in there like uh, and there oh my god what am I leaving if I do win this what am I leaving myself in for and next thing um, basically found out that Friday night won the election and then the Saturday you go up and you have you're invited to an executive meeting before the convention just to i suppose you're not officially uh, a member of the executive but you're asked to attend and you know things are serious you're mm -hmm. in you're in the big time you're mm -hmm. in you're 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 swimming and like you're you're in the big time and you're just trying to so it became pro and like following monday the phone was happening mm -hmm. i mean you had basically the national media on looking for and like I, I you, there's nothing you can prepare yourself mm -hmm. for this, but um, you just try and get through it. And I remember we had a week of we had three or four functions on that week, and I was just thinking to myself, look, just get to Christmas, just get to Christmas. Mm -hmm. We got to Christmas, and you get a couple of days break, but then you're back in. Like you have a few games over Christmas. I remember um, we played Claire above and um, above and Ennis, and you were just so glad to actually start going to games mm -hmm. that you weren't having to deal. <laughs> with all this and then like you, you just start off in January and it is it's just it's massive it does nothing can literally prepare yourself yeah. and you think you know the role and people might say yeah you're just doing the website and social media and a few other things like that but there's a hundred other things even up till two or three weeks ago um we have the Cartier yearbook in front of us here now I was just learning about what my responsibility and roles with this so mm -hmm. everything I was doing so much for the first time so like you're dealing I was involved with seven different say on the pitch now dealing with seven different uh, uh, J teams this year so hurling and football so you're dealing with seven sets of players and seven groups of players and seven uh, different managers mm -hmm. so again of the seven managers I only knew Bobby Dwyer from before so I had to get to know six other different managers and their ways and mm -hmm. the means that they like to do things and they all be different but um, I suppose this year for 2020 what I'm actually going to do is I'm actually going to document everything that I do for the whole year so for the next people who want to become the Cork PR oh, I'm actually going to put it in front of them and say look this, uh, this is what's involved yeah, you know, this yeah. is what's involved and I'll give you an example the last two weeks I've been out 13 out of 14 nights mm -hmm. doing J stuff and it's just going to meetings and I know it's um, a lot of it was to do with the website but there's so many meetings and like it is really intense. It's a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. It's like a train, I would say, and there's no getting off. I mean, it's full on, and it's like there's over 50 games for Cork this year. And it's not just a matter of turning up and people think, oh, just do take a few photos and do Twitter. No, the games, you're prepping for about two weeks, three weeks beforehand. Like, no sooner does one game finish than. If they win, you're already within 10, 10, 15 minutes, you're thinking ahead two or three weeks as mm. to when am I going to do the press conference, mm. um, stuff like that. Um, it's a huge amount of organisation. Yeah. Like that administration side we touched on earlier, kind of people again probably don't realise it or appreciate it, but like even as us in the media here, a press conference just just, just doesn't magically <laughs> no, happen no, no. Creeve, you know. There's a lot of liaising with the managers and yeah. the players and stuff and making sure I suppose even the grounds are open for us to come into. Yeah. So that's only one kind of one one example. But there's so much in the organizational side. Oh like there's so much that goes on behind the scenes and 
like it's and I like I give you an example there is and I never realized it until I started doing the role of PROs how closely I have to work with the video analysis people and you might say why but like when they go to grounds they need to have a place to set up so I would have that sussed out with the other PROs a lot of it is a monster because obviously the hurling but obviously with the football you could be anywhere up around Armagh and stuff like that so you're having to get in contact with the other PROs and build relationships with them and especially in Munster there's a great camaraderie between the, the PROs because we're all leaning on each other yeah. and stuff like that but also too as well after like say for a match they, we'd be trying to get live feeds into their laptops so they're saying to me can I talk to the TV companies and so I'm lazing with the TV companies to see if I can get a, 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 a live feed into there if the game's been broadcast live or even if there's highlights, you're trying to get a feed into the, the stats box. And then maybe after the game, the, the video analysis guys might come to me or the manager might say, I need um, a different angle of a DVD or behind the goal or I need a wide angle. Can you sort it out for me? So then I'm getting onto the TV company to see, can I get those DVDs? So that that's something that just doesn't happen and that there's a lot of work involved in it and it takes up a lot of time a lot of unsociable hours sending emails stuff like that because i am a volunteer yeah so you still have to do your 40 hours like that's what i was going to touch on like for for anyone involved in that administration side of the ga whatever level of, of boards from divisional club up to county inter-county which is i suppose county boards which is takes up so much time it is a labour of love because you're not you're not no. going to retire from <laughs> really like this. But I suppose, like we just talked here about, kind of so much work involved, and it is a labour of love. But there's been a lot of high points in the, in the last the last twelve months, and I'm going to go straight to one now. The All Ireland Under Twenty Final, Cork against Dublin, up in Portlaoise. I suppose that game didn't bury Dublin more. Was it one six or something up in the first ten minutes? And during the second half, I always have the picture of you coming up into the press box. And I was on one side and there was Mark Woods of the, of the Echo and Owen Cormac and the examiner on the other side. And you could see the delight in your face, you know, because Cork were after making such a terrific comeback on the cusp of winning an All-Ireland that didn't lift the county. And it was etched all over your face, yeah. the delight it meant, you know. Can you remember it? Like, Do you remember what I said to you? I don't know if you can say it live, can we? Can no, you know? I said that's, that's Cork, that's no for you. Yeah. To know. And actually that day, you know, is a prime example of how busy the role of PRO can be because I had the under-20 hurlers beforehand. Mm-hmm. So all your focus is with them and um, you're there and the game starts. And like, I need help on the day. So I actually have a guy called Keen O'Brien. He does the Twitter for me on match days because I could be taken away and need to do something else. So you're watching the hurling, but about 20 minutes into the hurling match, the footballers are arriving. So you have to go off and you have to help... Um, set them up for uh, Keith Ricken up for his pre-match interview with TV and with radio and stuff like that so then you come back to the hurling again so you're juggling the two then the hurling is finished so you have to go looking for the man of the match mm-hmm. you get the man of the match I think it could have been Tommy O'Connell from Milton was man of the match that day he does his interview and you literally have to park it you can't celebrate you're back with the footballers within a matter of minutes you reset you refocus you're with them and um Basically, the lads went... I remember I was watching it above at the back of the stand and we went... I think we went nine down. And I was I was thinking to myself, we need to get a goal. They need to get a goal and get the crowd involved because it was a massive car crowd there. Yeah. And um, it was just... I remember, like, it was a great occasion and, like, a lot of West Cork involvement mm-hmm. too as well with the captain and a lot of the other lads too as well. And I remember just... Um, I drove down from Port Leash down to Adrigal that that night and have happy out I was in the, back into the marquee in Adrigal that night but again mm. I couldn't really dwell on it because I'd imagine the following day with the seniors yeah. it was back up to Cork again mm. and they're so focused and like again the same you were there now above in Tullamore I think when the under 20 footballers and the minor footballers played the same day mm. um, the under 20s came from behind I don't know it was six or seven points against Tyrone brilliant but then you have to park it within a matter straight of... Straight into the minors, then, You're yeah. straight into the minors. And it's like, another example of this would be, um, we played Dublin in the Super 8s, and we, great performance, but we lost. But then you're actually back, you go back to the hotel, and the hurlers are there. The hurlers are playing Kilkenny the following day. 
So you can't be really moping around the place because they're solely focused. They came up to Cork mm-hmm. to do, or came up to Dublin to do a job. So you can't be feeling sorry for yourself. You just have to go in and you're in with them. So you literally have to park your disappointment. And there's other times you have to park your, your happiness, but there's other times you have to park your disappointment and you just literally reset, refocus and go again. I suppose that's one of the things I've had to learn this year is that you can't dwell on victories. You can't dwell on defeats. Because you're going into other camps who are just focused and you can't bring, like there's no point to going into a camp and high-fiving people and all this because you go in and, again, another example of this would be we played tip above and Turles in, in the football and we won and everyone else went home. But I continued up to Westmead, a few of us, and we were playing in the hurling, the, the casino hurlers were playing the following day and again, they are just totally focused mm-hmm their um, tunnel vision on that match the following day. So, yeah, they were delighted the footballers won, but you're not going to go high-fiving around the place saying, yeah, we're in the Super 8s. You just have to, you reset, you refocus going up on the road. So when you go in, you have, you know, it's all about the hurling, you have the football park. Like. Now, we said there are a lot of highlights, obviously, with the, the minors under-20 footballers winning the, the All-Ireland's Cork footballers getting to the Super 8s and so on. Off the pitch, then, I suppose, there has been some difficulties for, for the Cork County Board in the past 12 months. Um, go back earlier with the pitch and so on, which is probably disappointing. Couldn't get the Parky Creeve pitch during the summer, I suppose, in the last couple of weeks. The financial difficulties have kind of come to, to light and have to give credit to the county board here. Been very open, honest and transparent the last couple of weeks, which is um, it's probably the best way to, um, to approach it. I suppose, have they been difficult then, kind of, um, for obviously difficult times for the county board? Kind of, what have they been for like? For you as a PRO then? Well, probably the hardest day for me this year was the day the pitch tore up. Mm-hmm. Um, we played was it Wexford and the Hurling. We played Kildare in the football first mm-hmm. and we played Wexford and the Hurling then. And literally, once the ball was thrown in against uh, Kildare, we could see we're in big trouble here. The pitch literally tore up in front of our eyes. And next thing I could see, the text messages, the phone calls coming from the journalists. I actually had to charge my phone three, mm-hmm. three times that day. Social media was starting to light yeah. up too, yeah. Oh, light up. But it was... You you realise the level you're at when you have Morning Ireland ring you on a Sunday night wondering when you go on RT radio, mm-hmm. national radio, to talk about it. That was never going to happen anyway. Mm-hmm. But I felt so upset. I felt so embarrassed to be actually a Cork officer that day because um, what I was seeing before our eyes. And I remember just looking at the hurlers, they were coming in um, through, during the football match and they went out and looked at the pitch and they were there, oh Jesus, like what's the, what are we going playing on? And that was definitely the most different. Like, there was a couple of, the first three months was just like a tsunami mm-hmm. coming against Cork everything that could go wrong, did go wrong. Like, I mean, the footballers got relegated. Um, obviously, the pitch, there was a court case. And then there was also, for me, there was, well, obviously for the Cartier, there was um, the Tipperary match was called off. There was a National Hurling League match. Mm-hmm. Um, monsooned out of the heavens and the game Park Union was called off and that proved very difficult. A lot of phone calls again, getting the messages, getting the, the emails and messages um from the media people so but look i mean like you touched on the the finances i mean again you have to be just open and transparent and accountable mm-hmm. i don't mean i'm like i'm accountable to the clubs of cork they voted for me i'm accounta- accountable to them i'm accountable to the delegates i said we every month we sit in front of the delegates and they can ask us anything mm-hmm. and we have to be honest open transparent and accountable they're the four words i used in my speech um last year when my um when i became pro and i look there's no doubt about it it's been a difficult year but i suppose in terms of the county board's accounts come january like we're going to do a root and branch analysis of our income and our expenditure mm-hmm. and as kevin said like i think there was a deficit of what 560 odd thousand we're not going to cut 560 so we're going to have to increase it's going to be a balance of cut um cut costs but also trying to increase our income too as well but i mean like for 2020 i can tell you there's plenty of people around the exec that that's a very strong will the executives Mm -hmm. last strong will people around that table 
we're definitely up for the fight and look I think if we all work together in Cork J I think uh, in 12 months time like on the field this year especially in terms of football it's been a very good year but I think off the field next year it's important that we have a good year as well in 2020 You mentioned there about kind of strong willed people in the executive and I think Cork is really really lucky to have Tracy Kennedy as chairperson and Kevin O'Donovan as kind of CEO and, and, and secretary two of probably the best GA people in, in the country Um how they've steadied the ship in fairness to them like I know the financial situation it does look great in paper but there's already plans in place to kind of hopefully with the new championships and more revenue will come in that way and, and so on kind of um just on Tracy and Kevin for a second kind of what's it been like for you to work with two people like this two they're absolutely GA mad both of them you know kind of they put they give so much of their life and to the GA they're only volunteers after all and they give more of I suppose 40, 50 hours a week, easy, kind of... Well, Kevin is full-time. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah, Jesus, yeah. That's an own goal there, yeah, sorry, yeah. But, yeah, do you want to be sorry, yeah. But, uh, no, but, like, he, like, it's absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, I went up to um, Ennis this year, or, sorry, it was last Christmas, with Kevin, we went up to uh, the Cork Clare match, mm-hmm. and it was about four and a half hours in the car yeah. with him, and I suppose the blueprint was laid out. Mm-hmm. we spoke nothing I say for about other than G and what his thoughts were what his plans were and that was an eye opener for me but in terms of Kevin he's a visionary mm-hmm. there's no doubt about it like he's not just like a manager managing here managing there he is a visionary and like people say um, about 40 50 hours a week I say Kevin is definitely hit, <laughs> hitting 60 <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 60 or 70 hours a week and I can give you an example and people mightn't believe this but there's emails coming in from Kevin and Tracy at 6 o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. just stuff that decisions to be made before people go to work and um, I'm getting emails at 6 and 7 in the morning from them Um, my own personal day starts about the alarm goes off at 6 in the morning I try Mm -hmm. to do an hour each each morning um, before going off doing the day job I try and do a half an hour at lunchtime then obviously in the evenings but I mean you could see emails coming in from Tracy and Kevin up to midnight that is the amount of time they put in Um, obviously Tracy is uh, she was a a vice principal for most of the year now in Cargilline now she's a a school principal secondary school principal down in uh, in Cove and that itself is a massive Mm -hmm. job but then put on top of that she's chairperson of the county board and I don't know how she does it but I'm very lucky with the two of them um, like, like they're great people first and foremost I have great time for them as people and that's very important that we get on together and we can have a bit of crack and a bit of you have to you have to have light hearted moments too as well but, and I have the utmost respect for those two, and for all the members of the executive because mm-hmm. Um, you look at other counties and a lot of other counties wouldn't have the elections that we have in Cork to get on to the executive so there's 30, 13 of us sit around that table and they are all strong willed they're all opinionated they all keep, we all keep each other to account and like I mean in fairness the, the chairperson Tracy um, CEO Kevin and the, the, the treasurer Dear McGowan they do get held to account we meet every two weeks we, we have a, an executive meeting once a month and then before every board meeting we have a, we meet as an executive as well so there's plenty of questions fired around but I have nothing but admiration for both Kevin and Tracy and look in a couple of years time like this is coming into Tracy she's going to her last year's yeah. chairperson I sent her a text uh, just after the convention I said just 366 days to go <laughs> So, um, and she's going to leave big, big boots to fill. I know she's kind of, she's admitted at the at convention that she was almost kind of time with the idea of stepping back. You know, there was so much involved, like you said there, like with, with her new job and so on. Um, but when she does eventually kind of step to the side, which hopefully is in twelve months' time, big shoes to fill because she's the, she's steadied the ship in yeah. what has been a very turbulent time. She's been the right person in the right place yeah. at the right time, and she brings people together. She's like she's not a divisive person she's brought people together on the journey and now she's got Kevin on the journey too as well helping steer that ship like but long after I'm finished doing PRO of Cartier and long after maybe I'm gone from Cartier I will count 
I'm tr I'll, I'll always be grateful to Kevin mm -hmm. and Tracy, especially those two, because I'm very lucky with Tracy because she's a former PRO herself. Yeah. And she's been like, I sat down started the year, and she said to me, and with a good chat, and she, like she kind of said to me what she was hoping to get out of what she wanted me to do for the year, and one of the things was that the website. So again, you're able to bounce ideas off Tracy. Mm -hmm. um, Kevin, I deal a lot with, I suppose, in fixtures because uh, in the next week or two, like this week now, hopefully Kevin will start planning the championship fixtures next year, for next year, for 2020. He wants that done for Christmas. He's a busy Christmas ahead. Jesus. <laughs> with, with baby number two on the way. Yeah. So once Kevin has the, 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 the championship fixtures done, mm -hmm. I didn't work on the league fixtures. Yeah. So I want to get the league fixtures done and dusted before Christmas Day, basically. So clubs know when they're sitting down for their Christmas dinner, they know when they're playing the, the first group and the, the first game in the group in championship. But they also know when they have their league fixtures too as well. And that's your Christmas gifts over to the Cork GA players out the club. You mentioned there the website. Before I talk about the website, I have the Cork GA 2020 yearbook in my hand. Again, another fantastic production. Um, Not as good as your book now, Kieran. Well, if we want. <laughs> I'm trying to kind of play, play the modest cards today. Um this is a fantastic, for eight euro, kind of, it's everything that happened in Cork GA in 2020. Yeah. And again, it's a most exciting for all Cork GA fans just to look back on what has been a very encouraging year on the field. I um, have to give Dennis Hurley kudos in this as well. Dennis has put in countless hours, yeah. you know, kind of helping put this together. Um, just tell me a small bit about the yearbook and why it is so important. Well, I suppose I remember the yearbooks, I suppose, growing up as a youngster. I remember um, we used to go down to um, Bantry. Um, myself and my dad and the siblings and I suppose you knew it was Christmas when the yearbook used to appear but only I think it was a gift shop or a paper shop but on Bantry and um, we'd get it and I remember just probably if we went rooting back at home there's yearbooks from the mid 80s back there but I think it's very important to document mm -hmm. your year you know we have our we have our convention reports which document part of the year too as well but I think this is this is a great um this is a great book and it's not just it goes through different teams in terms of all the inter-county teams through the all the, um, the the county championship winning teams but also there's very insightful interviews I just saw you flicking page with Mary O'Connor yeah. um, there's Aidan O'Connell is inside there I think there's Connor Coolahan there's, there's many others there's the um, the company who did the, the pitch too as well and it also covers the likes of the divisions the ladies football Camogie score so it's not just about a football there's something about Carter Kirky there there's, there's a lot of different like, things about like there you just have a thing about the, the green green grass of home yeah, yeah about the, the pitch and all yeah. the work that was done there so again it's not just the on-field activities it's the off-field activities too and, and I must give great credit to Dennis like he's absolutely brilliant he's mm -hmm. uh, meticulous mm -hmm. I think is the word and um what do you call it? No, he was brilliant. In fairness, he, he, he kept me on my toes there in the, the couple of weeks running up to the deadline. And um, look, all the clubs have them now. So if anybody wants to uh, buy a book, they'll be available through all the clubs. So all the clubs have their books now. Top class production as always for eight euro. It's the perfect yeah. stocking filler. The only thing I can say is hopefully there'll be a Kieran McCarthy interview in it next year. So that's There's nothing about Kerry though. There's nothing about Kerry, yeah. And while we're still here, the website, the website, the new Cork GA website went live on Sunday. Quite important kind of step forward again. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that. The, I suppose the thought process first behind the change and what yeah. this new website has. Well, I suppose this is the third website I've been involved in because I did, um, I was involved in the Adigo website in 2014. Mm -hmm. So it was... A, and so actually with the three websites the same company I've, I've, I've been involved with uh, Sports Lomo they're up in Mayo they'd be also known as Sports Manager so they did the Bearer website last year so I suppose I sat down with Tracy um, in January this year just to kind of come up with a plan have a chat see what, where do we want to go with uh, the role of PRO and one of the things she said to me was we need to do something with the website so I said grand and it's not just a case of seeing it on a Monday and start working on it on a Tuesday there's a lot of work that has to go involved and you have to get approval from executive then we contacted about five companies that we thought might be suitable three of them came back with a tender we had to evaluate the tenders we had to go back with questions then we decided the IT committee who was the ideal kind of came down to between two two companies and then I go back the IT committee make a 
uh, recommendation to the county executive who then signed off on it. Then John Lee and came down from Mayo. He came. He made a couple of trips down from Mayo, sat down for a couple of hours above in Parkley Cueve. And I suppose for the last six months, we've been working on this meeting every week. The amount of emails, calls, you're talking about, calls 11, 12 o'clock at night, trying to get stuff done. Because obviously people have their family lives and they have their day job. So again, we're all volunteers. There were six of us um, on the committee. There was uh, myself, um, Keane O'Brien, who's the the PR committee secretary, uh, former Rebel Oak PRO, Terry Brady, who was the IT officer. Um, you had Shane Supple, uh, you had Enda Lenehan, and you actually had the former PRO, Don Leahy. So the six of us were on the committee. So I kind of put the deadline and sports norm, I said, I want this done for convention. It has to be done. So I suppose we were kind of hitting the targets mm-hmm. all along, and maybe there was a bit of doubt coming up maybe the last month or so. But I knew I was very confident in the people that was around me, and also with sports Lomo And in fairness, anything we needed, we just we were able to get mm-hmm. our hands on um, pictures, articles, anything like that. The player profiles, um, they were brilliant. So um, the website actually went live on Saturday night and um, people started noticing it when they were probably logging on Sunday morning. And no, I, t- I look... What does this website have now that the old one didn't have? Like, what's well, it? it's, 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 it's mobile responsive. Like if Which I do, is important nowadays, yeah. I think, yeah. Like, I think um, we get... Um, in 2019, we got 5.2 million hits mm-hmm. on the Cork website, which is on average 100,000 a week. Now, that would peak during the summer or maybe when probably maybe April time when there's club championship or maybe the, maybe the first six months of the year when you have leagues and um, team, championships. Team, teams being yeah. named and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Out, so but, yeah, but also too as well, like um, it's people, we, we can check to see what people are looking at and it's results, fixtures, tables and news. That's why people look at the website. Mm-hmm. So we're able to um, track all that. So I suppose what we wanted was that it was going to be mobile responsive which is a big thing and we can track that I think there's over about 75% now look on their mobile phone alone on the website so um, it had to be mobile responsive and mobile friendly so we've done that and I suppose that's the biggest thing what we try to do is trying to um, declutter it so mm-hmm. if you look now there's, it's not as cluttered as it was before but what we've done is that now teams Say, for example, if Adrigal are playing, uh, we say Bantry in a match, and if you click on to Adrigal, you can be brought to the Adrigal page and it will list all their officers, it will list all their fixtures and results, not just in the Cork games, but also in the Bear games, because spo- okay, yeah. Sports Manager uh, look after the, the Bear websites too as well. So, and not alone the adult fixtures, but the Rebel Oak fixtures. And we also have a map locator, so you get the coordinates for every pitch in Cork and it would list before it used to just list the secretary and PRO and the county board delegates but what we would be able to do now is that the clubs now have the option of putting their chairperson their treasurer mm-hmm. but also all their mentors because a lot of the time people would have to contact the secretary to get the the, the senior manager's phone number yeah. but now that all that information can mm-hmm. be inputted and it's all up on the it's going to be all up on the website so the clubs have um I think I put a date, um, our first county board meeting next year is the twenty or sorry the fourteenth of January. So clubs have until that date to input all their information. So what I, I sent an email to the clubs say basically just saying look as you're having your AGMs just go in update your information. Oh, it takes five minutes and it's there. It's done. So it's like for yourself if you want to contact a, a manager, you don't have to go to the secretary. The, the, the information stuff, is already yeah, there. The information yeah. is already there, which I think is. Is a good way forward. Good stuff. Like you've obviously hit your target there, and best look at the website. What's your challenge so for twenty twenty? Cork TV has been mooted in the past. Is that yeah, something Cork that we TV. can see? <laughs> I won't be starring in it. <laughs> yeah, what we're trying to do is like, and if you go onto the Cork website, no, we have a few different interviews. We have um, with people like there's interviews with um, Conor Coon and no Tracy Kennedy and Aidan O'Connell. Oh, is an interesting guy. And hopefully, what I'd be, and there's also an interview with Ted Owens on Carter Kirky, Tomas Mulcahy about Carter Kirky. But I'd be hoping now next year is um, 
to sit down when I've already spoken to Aidan about it is kind of bring people closer to the Cork teams and mm-hmm. maybe have interviews with maybe the SNC guys, the video analysis guys. What do they do? Maybe more conversations with Aidan O'Connor because I think he's an absolutely brilliant guy and he's a, uh, an important role to play next year in I suppose, tying a lot of what goes on the field together. Um, Johnny Holland is another guy then, the nutritionist. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully sit down and have a chat with him. But also with the officers and, and just bring them in, in a quick chat to see what does the development officer do? What does the cultural officer do? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Ronan Duane is the coaching officer. Ronan, what's, what's going on? What's your plan for 2020 and stuff like that? So I'd be hoping look, if we were able to get out maybe 20, 25 videos next year, that's a video every two weeks. Maybe then as well, maybe have chats with the managers before match in terms of maybe at the press nights have a chat maybe after games hopefully if they win we'll have chats too but then again just like two or three minutes so we can bring so people are kind of get a closer bond it's almost going to open the curtain a small bit and bring the fans closer Yeah, we're not not going to be giving away the trade secrets or we're not going to be giving away the game plans or anything like Mm -hmm. that but we're just going to try and bring it um, you see it there in other courts especially with Munster Rugby there start of the year like they're trained they go through their training program week by week and what are they doing this week in terms of S&C on the pitch off the pitch and stuff like that like talking there's obviously a lot of new S&C guys involved with Cork and let them have a chat too as well and introduce themselves and their background and who they are and stuff like that different things all sounds very encouraging and positive for 2020 before we sign off you're a big golf fan but has your golf game suffered this year have you played as much as you as you wanted no. to play no <laughs> i played two rounds down in wexford that's it yeah but i was up in port rush oh. for i was up in port rush for two days i was in port rush um freshly the opening golf shot mm-hmm. Um, Darren Clark teed off I was on the first tee and um, on the Thursday the Open Championship and I was there on the 18th green when Shane Lowry mm-hmm. lift, sank the putt and well, he obviously had a, cu- he had a couple of shots of a lead and um, I was there when to see him raise the claret jug mm-hmm. so to see the tricolours and to hear the fields of Atten Rye ringing out around Portrush mm-hmm. I don't think it's happened too many times before but it was just one of those memories. And we actually had played um, Tyrone the night before. Mm-hmm. And um, we'd lost. We just, it was um, a game we could have won. And um, went up to Portrush afterwards. So it was nice to kind of... You have to get a break too as well. We've only played two rounds of golf this year. We were down in Wexford for a weekend at the end of March. So um, I see that uh, I was looking... It's the same weekend next year that there's a National League Finals and there's a under-20 All-Ireland Final on that weekend okay. so hopefully might have to might only make the Friday of the golf next year <laughs> we're actually heading down to Clarny playing with a few friends so um, not just two days of golf this year but um, I might try and get her out um, out about maybe Christmas time maybe try and play around or two mm-hmm. like that try and get a you, you just need to take a break too as well mm-hmm. and I'm very lucky too as well I have great friends and family and um you need to be able to switch off too as well because it and can really you switch off because you even talk about it there like it, it is a nearly 24-7 job on top of your normal job kind of well I, I would do about 25 to 30 hours yeah. a week voluntary and that's it so but you yeah. do, and then with a full time yeah, job you do job. need to kind uh, of you do need to switch off but yeah. like I have um, I have seven nephews and three nieces and they range from the age of I think the eldest is 16 down to four three or four and they're great to be around. You can just switch off with them. You can just like like I've um yeah, some of them are like seven are from Cork and I've three from Tipperary. Most of them don't care about Jay and you can just play around with them and it's great being an uncle, you just hand them back afterwards. But I'm lucky too as well, I have friends who um are outside of Cork, so they might be involved. They like the GA, but they don't really care about Cork GA, they'll talk about Galway or Dublin or Monaghan and um so we can talk about that, the general GA, but then I have friends who have no interest mm. at all whatsoever in the GA, and you can be talking about anything, politics, sport, whatever, and that's important too as well, because the one thing I said at the start when I became PRO, that I wouldn't let it consume me, and I haven't, you know, in the sense that I can park it, and I can go out when I do get the rare Saturday night to go mm. out and stuff like that, and I can go away with 
friends and do different things and but you can be Joey Blake again not Kurt Pierrot yeah, yeah that's it well yeah. but you always had the phone outside you so yeah. you're always there wondering is there going to like when you see maybe a journalist ring you on a at, at eight o'clock in the night time you're just wondering is there a breaking news story mm-hmm. there that I should know about but no it's it's important that um that you're able just to um decompress and just um, just be able to relax with friends and family and I'll try and do a bit of that over Christmas but I'm saying that like like this week now isn't too bad there's nothing really on but next week I'm out four nights because like we have we have two hurling matches yeah. to know we're playing and once you're seeing hurling yeah, kicking back in yeah. yeah we've carried home and we've watered away and then we have um, the McGrath Cup over Christmas yeah team. and we have the McGrath over to Tralee then and I think we have uh, we have another football match I think we're playing tip on the 2nd of January or something like that and then you do a lot of your prepping then because we go up to Crow Park for a day then in January where all the PROs in the country come together. A lot of the officers, the chair, the secretaries, the treasurers, the PROs and the development officers meet and um, the PROs, all the officers then we meet together and then we go off on our own into our different groups. So we do a lot of that and a lot of the prep work is done in January and then like the National League, I think it's the 26th, we've an uh, off-lead home in the football on a Saturday and we're down to Watford mm. on a Sunday and it's, it it's is, like the, Nash, like the National League is really intense because it is week in, week out, you could have a game in Cork, you could be, like say for example, one Saturday night we're playing, I think it's round two, we have tip at home on a Saturday night, the following day we're up in Carrick and Shannon. <laughs> Yeah. up in Leitrim which is so you're prepping for those two games like and you're having to match programs do all that kind of stuff get the teams out there do maybe media nights stuff like that there'll be requests coming in for player interviews and stuff like that so no it's it's it, it is a full on roller coaster and it's um it's it's really it is literally 365 maybe 360 we'll take a few days off over Christmas maybe but so 12 months down, two years late. Congratulations on your first year as Cork PRO. Best of luck for next year. All right, thanks, Kieran. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to all things sport in West Cork. Don't forget to pick up this Thursday Southern Star newspaper, including our award-winning sports section with everything a West Cork sports fan could want. In shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world via www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper. The Southern Star and the Star Sport Podcast, number one for sport in West Cork. Now, before we wrap up today's Star Sport podcast, we're going to take a quick look at what's to come in this Thursday's Southern Star Sports section. Thankfully, I'm joined by the Southern Star Sports editor, Kieran McCarthy, so he should have all the details of what's to come. So, Kieran, Thursday's Southern Star Sports section, what do readers have to look forward to? Considering the time of year, Jack, it is actually still quite busy, So, um, which is great. Great news for all sports fans of West Cork. Some of the highlights, so... Um, Looking at Camogie first, I had a chat with Paddy Murray, the Cork Senior Camogie Manager, just about the new, the six new Camogie rules that will be trialled in next year's National League. So Paddy gives his verdict on those, so it's interesting reading. Also, Sacred Heart beat Clashed in the Tirith Abandon in the County Senior A College's Camogie final last Friday, so big report on that. Also, the Newstown Minor Hurlers were recent County Minor A champions, and we have a report and reaction from that. Also, it'll be interest to all Carberry clubs. Um, with the championships changing in 2021, we're in the middle of a two-year cycle that will d- decide what teams are in what grades going into 2021. So we have the half-term report, you, you can call it. So I have the points and the, the gradings of every Carberry club in every Carberry championship to date. So it'll be make interesting reading for all the clubs out there. Some teams will already know that they'll be safe for 2021. Other clubs will know that they need to do better in 2020 to stay in their grade for 2021. So um, I think it's interesting for the Carberry clubs. Just Junior A football, for example, in the Carberry at the moment, there's 21 clubs in the Carberry Junior A football championship. But at the end of next season, five clubs will be relegated um, because only 16 teams will take part in the, the new and revamped Junior A football in 2021. So... I think a lot of clubs are kind of teetering on the edge. They're down near the, the kind of the bottom half of the gradings at the moment. So 
they'll get a chance to find out where exactly they are and it'll give them an inkling of what they need to do next year to ensure that they have junior A status for the year after. Besides that, there's plenty else going on. Um, Joe McCarthy's lovely piece about the West Cork Women's uh, Soccer League that is on the up, which is great to see. Dara McElhenney finished 12th at the European Cross Country Championships in Lisbon last weekend, so it was a good result there. McCoom boxer Noel Murphy is actually fighting for a title in Madison Square Garden this Saturday night, and we have an interview with Noel, which is great, and there's plenty going on besides that. And also, just one more to mention, Kloster Pubble Bantry um, have made huge waves in the basketball in, on, the, on the hard court in the last couple of years, but now a rugby team of theirs is true to the Munster Schools Junior Cup for the very, very first time. So I caught up with um, Peter Cawley earlier this week for a chat about that. So it's good news for Bantry Rugby. It really is rugby country at the moment. You can see the sport is really rising. So that's another good news story for Bantry Rugby. And there's a lot lot more besides that. So yeah, I'm, pick just, up. I'm just taking a look at your notes here. There doesn't seem to be any mention of um, Baltimore's 4-2 win over Skibbereen in the Division 1 League oh. Cup. If anyone was in the star office on Monday morning to see Jack McCavern walking seven foot tall in, into the office and he was bragging to everyone that Baltimore puts Gibreen in their box. I think that's the quote he used, isn't it? It was, it was a big 4-2 win for Baltimore in a quarterfinal. In, interestingly as well, we were 4-0 up and then I was substituted and the game finished 4-2, so make of that what you will. So this is kind of your call to the Baltimore manager not to take you off. Kind of, you, you, you told us here in the office on our tea break that you are undroppable. You said you're such a key part of this team. You're undroppable. You're the kind of no, no, I don't know about that. No. You're, you're the kind of the glue that holds it all together. So, but great win for Baltimore. You're you're true to the semi-finals now, and you're in the top half of the championship. So you've a you've a busy second half of the season coming up, Jack. Yeah, and tell you, don't rule out the crabs just yet. Just yet. You've the crabs are crawling up the table. Inspired, inspired by the great Jack McCarron, as we're led to believe here in the Southern Star office. But I'm I don't have, know about that. I'd say if I'd they're one to, to eleven, I'd probably be eleventh on that certain team. But after this, you're probably twelfth. So <laughs> we'll say no more. But um, again, thanks for listening to this week's Star Sport podcast. We'll be back at the same time next week. So if you enjoy these shows, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Acast, Stitcher wherever else you listen to the show. Up to crabs. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast. Number one for sport in West Cork.